Hey guys, thank you for listening once again. And uh, before this podcast starts, once again, I just want to mention that, man, my speaking needs a lot of work. I don't know what it is, but whenever I have guests come on, especially when they're um, pretty big guests, I don't know why. I start stuttering. I start saying like, um, whatever, a billion times. And for all of you who could sit through this interview and put up with my ums and like, (laughs) I'm grateful for y'all. And I'm grateful for mine to come on this podcast. Uh, Enjoy. We're live. All right. So today we have, I have the honor of having Mind Tendencies 2 on my podcast. And um, this is just such an honor. Um, I have to ask you, what what made you, uh, what, you know, like what hit you to, to have you reach out to come, come on my podcast? Hi, Andy. Well, a while back that... Uh... You asked that if I want to be on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I just felt I wasn't ready. But for some reason, this week, actually starting from last week, I actually started to have thoughts about being on a podcast. I'm not sure why. <laughs> so I just contacted you. I figured there's some kind of karmic tie there. It needs to be satisfied. <laughs> so so speaking of karmic ties and just uh, desires, um, you know, I, I've been experimenting with the present moment and whatnot, and I'm um, just reading Eckhart Tolle, Tolle's book and his mm-hmm. material. Um, you know, I, I have questions as to, um, well, he's, when he speaks of, like, you know, being present and just becoming the observer, you know, like, kind of like that satisfies all your desires, but... You know, and I read other teachings like Abraham Hicks. Uh, they talk about how like um, it's good to pursue your desires. So, how do you feel like that fits in? Like, how do you feel like desires fit in in the uh, grand scheme of things? And, and, like when we talk about the present, you know, it really depends on your current level and what your focus is. Okay. Both an- both answers and approach are right and wrong. Okay. So it really depends on what you're looking for right now, what really fits you. Also, another thing about looking at teachings is that uh, it's best to listen to them and see what your body says about them. For example, if I listen to certain people on YouTube, my heart chakra will actually vibrate. But for other people, it won't. So I know that's the one that vibrates, the one I should listen to. That's right for me at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people say desires is not good. Some people say desire is good, but it really depends on how you see it. And the way I see it is that it depends on your level right now. Because if you do it from the start, it's very difficult to say that you don't have no desires because there's a desire to learn, desire to improve. But then it's, it really depends on which desire you apply to. And what is your desire? Or you can say you, you're in the present moment. You're so present that the desire is still there, but it doesn't really bother you. It just comes and goes, and you become the observer. 
but that's sort of a higher level later on that you naturally come into that. But I think before that, you still need to have desire to get to that stage to push you forward. Mm -hmm. So I cannot say desire is bad or desire is good. It depends on you. Gotcha. So what is your experience with um, the present moment? Were you just always aware that, you know, of, of the presence of consciousness or did you used to be um, not like not like this? Yeah, I was uh, I was a dumb motherfucker, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what's going on, and I was just asleep most of my life. Gotcha. So it was this certain experience, and then after the awakening, I started getting more and more into it. It's a gradual thing. Yeah. It's never like right away, and after various awakening, your body starts to absorb more life energy, and that triggers your chakras and bring out spontaneous awareness. And when that happens, the presentness actually happens. It's a gradual buildup thing, more and more and more and more. It's not an overnight thing for me, no. What practices do you have in place? You know, like, do you meditate or how, do you have any structure during your day? Uh, I suck at meditation. I just started last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that hardcore. I Man, always, I, uh -huh. I totally suck at it. I meditate for about three months and I stopped uh -huh. off and on. Yeah, some strange things were ha was happening. So I stopped. I was, my ego was afraid. So I stopped. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's like I just honesty. Yeah, that's honest. That's honest. And that's also like, yeah. I'm kind of like, <laughs> uh, relieved to hear that because I also, you know, I also suck with meditation. And only recently, I was kind of like, you know what, I'm gonna give it a try. I'm just gonna meditate for like 15 minutes um, every day consistently. Um, and I still am struggling uh, when, when I, you know, just stay present and I get to his, uh, I don't know, I just get to his point where <laughs> I don't, it's just so hard to sit for me. And um, I, I, I'm, you know, like I, I basically active meditate just because like, I feel like I'm, I'm just mostly present. So like, I feel like that does it for me. So you don't feel like, um, do you feel like there's a need to be, to meditate, you know, like it, just to further your, uh, I don't know, like your quote unquote spiritual development. I think for me now I need to meditate. There's a method I have, but I've been just delaying it. I don't, I did not practice it. So I need, I need to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You feel like you need to. Yeah, I need to. Yeah. Cause I, I've reached a point where in order for me to move up to the next level, I need to, so almost don't have any choice. Yeah. But coming back to the question you were asking, uh, mostly what I do is I just relax and just be, be with my body. And a lot of times when I do that, yeah, just naturally relax and the presence just naturally happens. Or I just observe thoughts, emotions, and desires. Kind of like watching a TV show, I just watch go back and forth. Gotcha. Gotcha. And when the tweet comes, I fix the English and I tweet it. <laughs> that's about it <laughs> speaking of 
Um, what is your uh, what's your background? Um, I saw on your uh, curious was it curious cat or whatever. It's doing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of, I was stalking you a little bit, and uh, it says somewhere that um, you you originated from Taiwan. Yeah, I was born in Taiwan. Came to uh, migrated to United States. Been in Los Angeles since I was thirteen years old. I'm fifty two. Gotcha. So, are you uh, Taiwanese? Like, what's your like? You know, what's your like? Uh, what's more called like race or, or your whatever the right term is? Like, I'm Chinese. Yeah, I'm Chinese. Uh, well, uh, the citizenship is USA, but uh, uh, yeah, ethnic I'm Chinese. Uh huh. Really? Are you fully Chi- uh Just fully Chinese or? Yeah, uh, well, my parents both are Chinese. I don't know how many percentage, though. <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> wow, that's cool. That's cool, man. That's um, how was your experience in Taiwan, uh, growing up? Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. When wow. I was a ki- when I was a kid, uh, something went inside my body and lived with me until sixteen years old. So it was terrible. I had I had a second voice in my head. I didn't understand what was going on. It was some sort of ghost. Those two exact the depth of my family tree. Wow. Yeah. And then you left me when I was 16. So I was really fucked up for a long time. And when you left me, I thought everybody had one, by the way. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I was a kid. I didn't know. So when you left me, I had to relearn everything to deal with just one voice like everyone else. So it was terrible. When did you, um, wow, that must have been, was, was that scary for you to go through that? Uh, no, because that's all I knew at the time. That's I, I had nothing to compare it to. That is so crazy because People, you know, I see things, people talking about karmic, um, just ties or whatnot. And I always was kind of like, oh, what, what are they talking about? Like, that's, that's nonsense. But like, it's good that you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's I good you don't know, man. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know, to be honest. No, no, no. Stay away from that. Wow. Yeah. I'm just over here thinking, oh, man, people just got like issues they don't want to address or what whatever but dude, dude. you have good karma you're not gonna you're not gonna encounter that yeah so so like i so i probably probably don't have like karmic debt so my my family was well <laughs> they were all right so. yeah they're good they're good yeah all right yeah that's pretty crazy yeah um so oh yeah i want to talk to you about some um what about what about karmic relationships? Like, sorry, sorry, I'm talking to my. Talking Go ahead. My, but um, what about like um, like uh, karmic? Just like uh, in terms of relationship, like karmic relationships and like twin flame. Like, how, what what what's your understanding of that? Because I feel like I am dealing with something like that in my personal life. Well, the twin flame thing is real because if a person who's really good at reading palms, mm-hmm. you can see on the palm, okay. it shows up on there. And the twin flame, like it comes, that person, when that person comes, if you touch them, 
your energy field and layers will be compatible for some strange reason. It always is. It's a way to find out if it's compatible or not is that, for example, if you have a, you don't know if a person is a twin flame or not, take off your shoes, you sit down and have her do, do the same thing. She takes off her shoes and she stands on your feet, both of your feet, bare feet. And then you hold her both hands and you relax your body, close your eyes and see how your body feels. Your body will tell you, everyone that I've tried, the energy field is always compatible. I'm not sure why or how, but that one I know is true. So that's the twin flame thing, but they come in and out of your life. That's the thing. Wow. It doesn't mean they're gonna stay with you. It's crazy. I don't know if I can get these girls to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, if you see them, mm -hmm. when the first time you see them, your body actually knows. Okay. So you will have this calmness over you and your mind won't be like or irritated or frazzled. And your heart will be calm and feeling like this is very natural, this should happen. Both of you will feel that way. It's a really strange thing. The karmic ties is totally different story. There's like different kinds too. For example, there are things that, uh, let's say if you've done something, someone wrong in the last life, they come and exact some, make you pay the debt this life. Or if they owe you, they come to pay you. Sometimes with spontaneous awareness, you can actually see that momentarily, that you know they came. Sometimes you can get away. Sometimes you can, you cannot get away. Yeah. Usually when that happens, if I see that, you just want to get it over with to pay, to pay what you owe. That's one kind. Another kind is that this one is an evil system. For example, if there's a husband who actually is not happy with a marriage, so what he does is he goes online because whatever he cannot get a home, he'll develop outside the home. So he goes online, he flirt with some women and he found a certain woman and this woman has the opposite thing. She complains about her husband. So what happened, they both have this knee from inside each of them and resonate with each other. And they start getting closer and closer. So what I would do is they'll develop this comic tie it's the inner system that operates inside them, each of them, that generates a force that actually attracts each other. And they will have three different stages. The first stage is a honeymoon, will be so sweet. And they start thinking about building this, this fantasy future, like a honeymoon. Everything is hunky-dory. The second stage is transformation. That's the thing that the honeymoon thing is actually slowing down and the roles they each play in this imaginary system starts to determine and start adding weight on each other. They feed off each other to actually fulfill their own needs. The third stage is destruction. A lot of people die or get hurt really badly in this stage, the third one. 
because reality sets in, this system cannot withheld itself. It has to break. Something has to break. Yeah. That's an evil system. That's a comic tie too. Yeah, roughly these two, there's other systems too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's complicated. Yeah, I've never really encountered anything like this before. I never even like heard anything about this type of stuff before. That's this is all pretty new to me. This whole karmic thing. My my yeah, whole thing. I experienced it. I lost my life energy to about thirty percent. I lost over seventy percent of life energy on this evil system. I almost died. Wow. Mm hmm. Hmm. Where does this teaching like origin or where is this originate from? You know, like is this some type of like like where can I learn more about this stuff? Oh, when you suffer you'll learn. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> when you experience it, you'll learn and you'll suffer so badly you try to figure out what's going on. That will actually force you to learn. And you make sense of the whole thing when you actually think back because that's a first first-hand experience to create such a deep inner impression. And once you understand what happened, all of a sudden you can see that in other people. Yeah. It's like a mirror principle. It's really strange. Mm -hmm. There isn't books about this, maybe in various different books, but usually this is like in a deeper level they talk about it using, let's say, Buddhism terms or some spiritual terms that most people won't get. But yeah, pretty much when you suffer, you will learn. Whenever you overcome your suffering, that becomes your system, methods, and your wisdom. And that's real. When you share that with people, that's real. You're giving them the best that you have, hoping they can learn from your experience and they can solve their own suffering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what about chakras? Like, what... I, you know, like, I feel like, um, you know, someone told me that, you know, like, we kind of work up our progression of uh, uh, just like, you know, we start with the first chakra and then like, you know, like at a young age, you know, and then we work through the second and third. And someone was telling me how like I'm, multiple people have told me that like, I'm kind of like, I've reached my heart chakra uh, like a few months ago, you know, I've reached my heart chakra. And, and I found that to be pretty true in the sense that um for the first time in my life you know i really after the relationship I, I found out i had a lot of trouble expressing my emotions and like um being in expressing intimacy um how old are you i'm 19. you're so hard on yourself man you're only 19. oh my god I, I have <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I just have such an overthinking. Oh mind. my god! <laughs> you're not even twenty. You can't even drive, can you? You don't have a license, that. right? Do you have a license? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I can drive. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, you're so young. That's amazing. You're well, amazing. Well, thank you. Well, I mean, my journey of all this started in the seventh grade. I don't know why. Seventh everything, grade. I don't know why everything started this early, <clears throat> but like my whole life, like because of my overthinking mind like mm -hmm. it was just like 
um, personal. That will, that will go away one day. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, it, it has. Like most of it, a lot of it has gone away. Uh, but just being in seventh grade, I remember I, for whatever reason, I really, really, really wanted to be popular at school. And it was like my sole mission, I swear. It was just like life or death. I just had to be cool. I just had to fit in. And like, Mm -hmm. and that led to just the most devastating moments and memories of my life. Just the things I was doing, just the people I was with. Every day was constant misery. And along with the fact that my my parents, you know, like uh, my family life just sucked and no one understood me. And like Mm -hmm. all this other like, of of uh issues and um that led me to be like so like desperate at such a young age that you know I look I started going on on the internet and looking up like how to like um how to make your wishes come true or whatever and then that let that somehow led me to like learning about just spiritual principles at a young age which caused me even more headache and heartache because none of that stuff I was doing was working. So my whole early life was just a ball, just like a big ball of like um, confusion and like stress and like just the, just just like, you know, like depressing, depressing, depressing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so just, just to get to this point, um, you know, like I, I end up having like um, coaching and all these amazing, amazing souls at a very young age come in and just kind of like go into my subconscious mind and Mm -hmm. like re just rewire my mind and go back to these memories. Um, and like, just help me reframe them, you know, just help me reinterpret them and, um, just identify my limiting beliefs and whatnot. So that's why, like, I'm really passionate and you helped me build up this passion. You, you kind of like, you know, when I started Twitter, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to coach people, whatever. But then, like, just kind of seeing how you, you just kind of uh, do everything for free. You know, you're giving all this golden advice on, on Twitter and just helping personally. You, you helped me, um, especially, you know, when I got arrested recently. Um, you know, you just always, <laughs> whenever I really have something uh, like this nowadays, I kind of I do reach out to you. And so, like, that's really inspired me. And um, I just um, really kind of this last month or two, something hit me where I'm like, I really want to provide value to people. Like, I really, really want to, like, share this. Just there's, there's got to be a reason why I, I'm able to be at this point in my life at such a young age. And I just want to help as many people as I can right now. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know, and you're very welcome. I think you have a mission. The universe has a mission for you. There's a lot of young people like you. You guys are so advanced for your age and so aware. It's just so amazing. Yeah, I think when I was your age, all I wanted to do was to sleep with women. That was it. There was nothing else on the mind. (laughs) There was nothing spiritual. What's that? I don't care. <laughs> so you're really, really aware and advanced for your age, and there's a purpose for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think you're supposed to solve your own suffering and help other people. That's yeah. why you start out so young. You can help a lot of people. Yeah. Like, I've realized that, like, you know, the more 
that like I've been able to solve my own problems. Um, mm -hmm. Just literally, just the more I'm able to help others, and um, I, you know, like I'm every time I wonder, okay, what do I, what type of like, uh, uh, you know, like I'm I'm trying to do this free online, uh, basically online academy on my website, um, mm -hmm. and you know, like I just. I keep asking, you know, what can I provide to people? And I and I realize, man, like just just the stuff that's helping me, you know, just everything that's helped me get to this point is it's like Yeah, it, exactly. Those are real. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're gonna be able to help people in similar situations, especially people from your generation or even older people. Yeah. Who are less aware. You you're yeah. gonna help them with your real life experience and what you did to overcome these things. Now, going back to the chakra thing you were talking about, you said that some people told you that you're, you're up to your heart chakra. Yeah. Be careful about one thing of what people tell you. Okay. The thing you want to be careful is that whoever told you those things, they themselves, have they activated their own chakras? Or are their chakras open? Yeah, so you want to be careful who or what you listen to. Your body will tell you pretty much. Yeah, you don't want to rely, rely on your good karma all the time. You want to be able to discern. How do you listen to your body? Oh, you start off by paying attention to your body, your sensations. How does your body feel? And you observe your body, is your shoulders down or is muscle tense? We observe your breath, your body will tell you more and more the more you pay attention to it. And then you get to a point where you can actually hear it talking to you about the other person's energy. It will tell you to get the fuck out of here. There's some people and you're so wrong, just not right with you. And just get the fuck out. Your body will tell you. <laughs> yeah, that type of things. Uh -huh. It will tell you. But you have to start with the basics. Just pay attention to your body sensation. What's good about that is that when you do that, you let your mind do, does its own thing. Your focus is not in your thoughts. Because most of the time, our focus is on our thoughts. Instead of having a focus that drives thoughts, our thoughts drive our focus. So we're following this monkey man that goes back and forth, and our connection with our body gets longer and longer, further and further away. So if you pay attention to your body sensations, you're reversing that situation gradually more and more. And since your body lives in now, in the present, when you do that, you become more and more present, naturally. Without meditation. Uh -huh. It's all hard work. You have to start practicing. And you can do this anytime. You can even do it when you're working sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, pay attention to how you're walking. I mean, where's the stress of the footsteps and your postures? How does your body feel? The muscles and various things. Mm hmm. The one time that I really have trouble feeling 
present really while I'm at work. Do you have mm -hmm. that same similar issue? Uh, sometimes, sometimes that decreases as you do more practice. At first, that uh, you mostly remember the times that you're you're present. That's in the beginning because you're able to focus on your body or on the now. Yeah. So you remember that experience, but as that experience happens more and more. You remember the times that you're not present. Because most of the time you're present. So that, that point of view actually gets reversed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But oh, if you just cool. keep you just keep at it, you become more and more present. Yeah. I I still I have that issue too. I don't have 24 hours awareness. No. I cannot watch my body sleep. I'm not there yet. And I get distracted, distracted at times. So did you, so were, um, what you were just saying, did you just say that um, as we become more present, we tend to rem remember the times that we're not as present as much? Is that what you were saying or? Yeah, if most of the time you're present, the times that you're not present will create an impression. So you remember those times. Yeah, but in the beginning, you're mostly not present. So whenever you're present, you'll remember those experiences more. Oh my god! So it gets reversed later on. Oh my gosh! Wow, that <laughs> that yeah, makes real, so much sense. Yeah, it's real life experience. Okay, because I like I have these moments where um, maybe I go on present or something and. Uh, I'm just like, dang, have I not been present this whole time? And like, I don't know, I just assume, I 100% just naturally assume that like, uh, like, cause you know, I, I cause how do I explain this? Like, I just assumed, I don't know why, I, I just assumed that like, I'm just still at the beginning of my presence journey and like, just kind of, oh man, like I have, I probably haven't been present. I just, I'm not, I'm not sure if I was present the whole time or not, but like now looking back at it, I'm pretty sure I'm a lot more present than I'm not present. And I don't even realize that. Yes, exactly. Because your mind doesn't want to acknowledge that. Wow. wow. Your mind, it's anti-present. Your mind lives in the past or the, the future. It doesn't want to acknowledge that it's the last part of you that will accept and acknowledge that. So it will lie to you. Yeah, give yourself more credit, man. Thank you. I don't, I really don't. And I feel like I don't know how to give myself more credit because a, a very little part of me am aware that like, I have come a long way and I'm only 19, but it's not, yeah. until, like, you said it like, damn, I'm only, I'm only fucking 19 years old. God damn. Like, I, yeah, I don't want to brag. As a reminder, you know? as I don't a reminder wanna... to you. Okay. Yeah. Those are all true, you know? Yeah. Like, for example, when that girl, she, you finally found out that she's been crying when she was telling you this, 
you're probably naturally present when you listen. She's pouring her hearts out to you at that moment. You're naturally present. Love makes you present. Uh -huh. But your mind may lie to you. Or if you won't even think about that or acknowledge that. It's just the nature of the mind. Yeah. I find myself in this tiny, tiny mental cycle that I feel like is caused by um, basically what we were just saying. Like, um, I, ca I catch myself in these moments where I'm like, hey, wait, whoa, was I, was I present? Like shit, I probably wasn't because if I was present the whole time, like I would know. And then that causes this resistance, this uh, like, um, just just self, you know, just judgment. And um, and I'm not even aware of it. And you know, I think now I'm becoming more and more aware of that. Like, it, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and that's what you're good at, right? Helping us <laughs> see. There you go. <laughs> That judgment part, that inner critic, you'll reach a point, if you keep improving yourself, you'll reach a point where you, one day your mind will suddenly become neutral, mostly neutral. And the sound of your inner critic will actually reduce so much, you can just easily push it aside. And you can start watching your mind really work. And there's this inner space that opens between the moments, you can stay there. They call that being present. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So back in summer 2016, um, I got my heart torn apart by a situation. And mm -hmm. um, I was doing a good job recovering. And uh, one night, uh, I was I was laying in my mom's bed. No one was home. I was just, uh, she was in New York. So like, I like to lay on her, on her bed. And then like, I was on my phone and, um, I was she probably has a better bed. Yeah. yeah of <laughs> <laughs> of the yours, your yeah. bunk bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Go lay on there. Exactly. While she's gone. So yeah. Um, why not? <laughs> yeah. I, I take over her whole, her whole room and bathroom and like everything. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there and uh, I'm playing on my phone um, and this voice comes into my head and says, focus on one thing at a time. And um, I, I, wow. did, I did exactly that. And um, everything, all illusions just like dispelled. And it was just like, oh, my head finally shut up and you got to remember like my my head never shuts up like i just jump mm -hmm. from one thought to another and mm -hmm. i i reach this place and it's almost like the plane <laughs> of my attention has landed it's like it has a base and so you know i was focusing so i got up and i walked to the bathroom and i remember i was focusing one step at a time one step at a time um get to the bathroom you know, intensely focused on taking off my shirt, whatever, and getting the shower, focused on turning the knob. Long story short, so that was two, two three years ago. And uh, and ever since then, like, my mind has been extremely quiet. And I already have, like, a pretty good background in psychology and, like, the subconscious mind. So I already, like, at a time, 
understood like just uh our programs i i was already familiar with like um emotions and thoughts and like how when we disidentify identify from them we are able to kind of we we stop giving those thoughts and emotions power and for me those those programs that that hurt me just you know they were dying and um but yeah so the tornado of my mind just completely stopped you know like i'm yeah way less thought and um so yeah and so like for the first two three months i remember i was just basically like living in paradise like and it was basically like what i assumed it was like enlightenment you know or, or whatever and um but slowly uh, through the months and um up, up until recently um i was just kind of dealing with this little bit of resistance you know it was it was just like um, I feel like now I th- I'm just pretty sure I was just fighting myself. Like I was just kind of like, oh, am I being present enough, or like should I be more present? Oh man, I wasn't being able, able to be present today, and like starting to realize that wow, like <laughs> this is maybe I'm pretty sure this is just like I don't know, just my inner resistance of me just literally not realizing that I'm actually really present already. Um, so yeah, and it's, so it's not, it's like, I'm not battling any, as far as I'm aware, I'm not really battling any, you know, like thought that much or like any emotion for sure. Not much emotion, but it just, it seems like there is a certain level of resistance that I'm faced, that I'm still, you know, facing. Yeah. I think that resistance is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. It's just the levels of it. Uh, so we move up that actually decreases i think that's that voice that told you that was an inner guy from the universe basically and you just actually did it you follow his command so if you want to you can do that again because you did you follow that step by step you can do that whenever you want if you did it once you can do it again Yes, you can try to practice to be present in everything you do. Yeah, that kind of experiences changes you. Yeah. Um, and but it also makes me kind of feel I feel like it adds to me beating up myself sometimes just because um, I'm just like, Andy, you're so privileged spiritually. Like, you know, you had all this at such a young age and like you have all these tools. Why are you not perfect yet? So that's like my battle, you know, just like, oh, man, you should be like perfect. You should have like a yacht. You should have like all this because like you should be the perfect person or whatnot. (laughs) What the? (laughs) (laughs) I don't talk to my mind, man. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. the, The tougher one would be that some people have this tendency. They want to be alpha. Mm hmm. So whenever they're in the crowd, that thing activates and they aren't aware of it. So they try everything to push other people down and bring themselves up so they can become the alpha. Mm-hmm. They're not aware of this, but I think you're not in this, this talk thing is not even there. It's not to that level. Well, yeah. speaking of alpha, like where does that, what, is, what do you think that stems to? You know, what, why, what's the deeper reason as to why people 
want to be alpha, what they want to assert or prove something, you know, is it like a sense of unworthiness or it's like, ego? Huh? It's ego attachment. Mm. Comes back to that. They want to feel better about themselves. The ego always wants to. So just keep attaching, attaching, expanding, expanding. Yeah. Because everyone's yeah. attachment is slightly different. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, everyone's lessons different, so. So, like, how do you recommend, you know, just, just, you know, just the people who are listening, or just, just people who are gonna listen, like, just, just people who are just, you know, more in the beginning of their spiritual journey, like, what, what do you usually recommend them to just, just uh, initiate, initiate, you know, just this uh, consciousness? Oh, if just for people beginning. Just, just you know, just um, yeah, yeah. Just people who are you know, uh, aren't really sure how they can start transmuting their ego and just starting to just kind of. Uh, I don't even think about ego if it's beginning. Just yeah. basically write down what bothers you, yeah. and really look at it. Why does it bother you? Just keep looking. Why? What's the real reason certain behavior bothers you? Start digging in. That's powerful. That's powerful. When I started journaling, uh, mm -hmm. like a few weeks back, or or just um, whenever I started journaling, I I just <laughs> just now realized <laughs> deeply that every time, uh, every cycle of my life that I started journaling, it's like mm -hmm. I experience a mass, mass mass amount of inner transformation just from yeah like, yeah you finally see it in front of you see yeah. in front of you basically like what the fuck That's am a I powerful doing? tool it's a powerful tool mm -hmm. because in order for you to actually write down you have to put into conscious terms you can your mind can interpret and write down so you have to take what the awareness sees goes into your conscious mind and write it down. And when you really back in, it feeds back into your system again. It's a very powerful tool. So that will transform you. It's even better if you actually read it back out loud to yourself that goes into your years. Wow. That's even more powerful. Mm -hmm. Do we come, do we come to this life with a plan? Yes. Everyone has contracts or missions. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we came to this life to find those motherfuckers who did us wrong so we can break our revenge, you know? Who knows? <laughs> well, uh, see, like, <laughs> that <Whoa>. can happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> You know, the friends are going to come to you all buddy-buddy and everything, but then you start a business, they get you heavily in debt, and you go bankrupt, and they disappear, that kind of thing. Yeah. Dude, those people, man. Oh, man. Man, I had a roommate. Man, I had a roommate who just, she, uh, so while, like, all the, uh, my relationship, relationship situation was going on, just one day, just, like, right before rent and stuff, I, I come home from work, all her stuff is gone. And my roommate, one of my roommates just completely ditched us and moved out. <laughs> oh, what happened? 
Don't know. Just, just I don't know, just drama and stuff. And she just, she just completely like mm-hmm. left <laughs> and like just left me in the rent situation. So, so if, if she's ever, oh, it's like fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of just, man. I, maybe I'm a pretty good person. I, I like, you I just, are a good person. You took care of it. You didn't run away and leave it for the other person. <laughs> I guess I am. You I stayed. Know. I don't know why I have such a hard time admitting this to myself. Like I, I'm a pretty like, I'm a pretty like I don't know. I'm a pretty good dude and like. You're a really good person with a good heart. <laughs> I told you that you have a good heart. So do I need to set some boundaries? You always need boundaries, man. How does that work? Like, how does exactly? Okay, please explain boundaries to me and everyone else. <laughs> like. Like, uh, so does that mean that, like, because, you know, like, there's times where, you know, let's say a macho guy, like, says something to you in a disrespectful way, like, to me, Mm -hmm. in a disrespectful way, and I feel an inner trigger, you know, I feel like it should, I, I should, uh, I immediately observe the trigger and is it wrong of me if i don't react and you know like there's no right or wrong in that situation if he's bigger than you don't fight him he's going to beat the shit out of you <laughs> that's a very realistic situation so you okay. don't say shit. okay <laughs> dude but it's good that you're observing that's funny <laughs> Go ahead. sorry so i was um the other day um at the restaurant uh there was a there was uh these these like ghetto dudes and they they were just uh they were being really obnoxious toward my aunt because they were assuming that like she was racially profiling them when like i know for a fact that my my aunt like she's too busy to be worrying about that and they were saying all this stuff Uh and then they start to gang up on her um Mm -hmm. and and all this stuff and then like (laughs) i remember i was like Oh man, like, gosh, what the heck? And immediately, maybe it's my 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 moon in Libra or whatever. I just can't let that type of thing happen, you know. Like three, like big people ganging up verbally on my aunt. So I go over there and like, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, you know, like just like, you know, blah blah. And then like, uh, the the dude, the one, the big the big black dude, he gets up and he's like seven foot and he's trying to fight me. And, and like, and I feel like I was trying to stay present in my body, but I also was getting triggered and I was trying so hard to fight him. And like, and like, you know, it just, uh, and you know, that situations like that make me think, man, you have a good heart. (laughs) You're protecting your own. And in those those type of situations that have more than you, you just have one of three. Yeah, you pick you pick the biggest guy. Yeah, and you use everything you got. You put him down, punch him in the throat, and the crotch. <laughs> you take out the biggest guy first. Yeah, yeah. So for boundaries, for example, if someone says, "Hey, I'm going to sleep with your girlfriend," yeah, that's crossing some boundaries there. Mm-hmm. Right. So that really depends. Uh, the boundary thing is kind of tricky because it really depends on your relationship with the other person 
for example, you and your aunt and you and I, you will have different boundaries. Okay. Within the relationship, you have responsibilities. Anything outside of that responsibilities that's not yours, you can actually strictly say they're asking you to do things you're not supposed to be doing. It's not your responsibility. You can say no because that's your boundary. Boundary changes depends on who you're dealing with. Being with your best friend, being with your girlfriend, being with your dad, being with your mom, being with people on the internet. The boundary changes. It's not just one set for everyone. No. So you have to be present and know who you're talking to at that time and what your responsibility is, where the lines are. And that line changes. For example, if you go to the same university as your dad, when you're in school, your dad's your that's a different boundary. When you're at home, your dad's your dad. It's another boundary, even though it's your same dad, but the situation differs with boundary changes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Have you ever thought about, um, I know you don't want to do coaching or anything like that. Like, uh, I'm too lazy. I just man. Don't, what's up? <laughs> I'm too lazy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you just have so much wisdom, man. Like you don't want to start a podcast or anything. Like just <laughs> I'm too lazy to do that. Thank you. I've <laughs> su I've suffered a lot, and I overcome my sufferings. Yeah. Anyone can do this. You just have to face your suffering, overcome them. It'll become your wisdom, and you share that, and that's real. That's your inner treasure. So, do you feel like you still got? Um some more soul purposes, soul missions to accomplish, or how, how do you feel about your life at this point? Uh, I want to be able to end reincarnation. I have to reach the lowest level of my Buddhism sect, at least the basic requirement. So I'm not there yet, so I may have to start doing practicing that method to meditate. Mm -hmm. And the sharing actually helps me. If I'm on Twitter, the more I share, the more it actually helps me improve better and better. Yeah, it's, it's funny how that works. Yeah, it's really beautiful because I was such a selfish person before. I didn't want to, I hated helping people, by the way. <laughs> I fucking hate it. <laughs> it was my guts. I was just so selfish. But then I got to a point I could not improve. I got stuck. Yeah. And I sat there for a few months. I couldn't figure out why. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. I had to help others. And then my whole world got flipped around. So I started doing my best to help people. I sucked at it. I don't, I don't know how to talk to people or help others. There's so many stupid things that I did. But then I slowly learned. And then I realized the more I help, I actually move up. Especially yeah. sharing these things. So for your whole Buddhist, uh, that whole Buddhist philosophy you're talking about, that back in the summer when my parents shipped me off to New York to learn Chinese in this mm -hmm. in this uh, uh this 
Chinese guys, uh, older Chinese gentlemen apartment. There was like nine of us, nine of us in, in oh my this God. little New York apartment. <laughs> and um, well, hope I mean, your bed was nice and soft. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't even remember. Probably not. <laughs> I don't yeah, remember. Right. I remember. I felt like I was in jail the first day, but um, you know, he yeah. made me. You made, were. <laughs> well, I wake up. I had the first thing I had to do was brush my teeth and then drink like a whole like pint of like warm water. That was mm -hmm. terrible for me. And then like, uh, we have to learn Chinese for like three four hours. But long story short, um. The, the guy was like very Buddhist, but like, um, he was showing he showed me like this wheel of like uh like some type of like Buddhism thing, but um, mm -hmm. uh, it, it was like way more like uh, uh, it, it was it was less about like you know like um uh, you know my beliefs are you know just kind of like all oh, be conscious, be present, whatever. But he you know he was worshiping like all these gods and stuff, and like he was in this wheel. Oh. Mm -hmm. have like like buddhists at like buddha or whatever like you know at the top of the wheel or whatever and like nothing is permanent and then at the top is like like thousands of years of enlightenment or something but you can't really reach that point but there's like he has like other generals and stuff or other figures that you're mm -hmm. more likely to reach or whatever but if you really fuck up um then you become a rat or like you go to like some type of hell like, yeah Ghost. yeah yeah you suffer for eons yeah yeah is it is that Man, that's harsh so, yeah that's actually a different sect but uh the buddhism that i know i don't want to criticize him because i don't know right. him <laughs> but uh, the buddhism that i know is that uh, i don't worship any gods mm -hmm. i don't even worship the buddha mm -hmm. for me buddhism is not a religion there isn't a god that I should worship, but I I pay my respect to Buddha. And the way I see is I, I see Buddha as the head of the university. And I'm in kindergarten. That kind of relationships. So Buddha can have different methods for me. I can say, I right, fuck this. I don't want to practice. That's fine too. Or I love to practice this. That's good too. It's totally up to you. But I do not pray. I do not pray to him. He's not a god to me. But he has compassion. He gave us all these methods, so we can be free from reincarnation. But those generals and things they do exist in different planes of existence, different skies, different heavens, heavenly world. They do exist. So people tend to pray to them or worship them, hoping for favor. Those type of things. Yeah, that does happen, uh -huh. especially in Asia. A lot of them they do it like that. You study? Uh, no, I haven't read a book in a, a long time. Well, someone told me about this book, The Alchemist. Mm -hmm. So I downloaded it, I started reading it. About 50 pages in, kind of interesting. But no, I, I haven't read a book for a long time. So it's a lot of inner reflecting? Yeah, I just pretty much watch my own TV show inside, watch my thoughts, desires, emotions. That changes you, by the way. 
It's really boring past, but it will change you. You, you get to experience impermanence because yeah. everything is coming and going, coming and going, everything. Then you start seeing your thoughts coming and going, coming and going, and you attach less and less to it. And the narratives in your mind, they come and go, so it doesn't really mean much. It changes you. Mm -hmm. Just now, I just felt my—it's like the seat of my soul, like sit back. Yeah, you felt that, huh? Yeah, I felt good. I felt the realization that uh, I have impulses that, even though I am able to observe my thoughts and whatnot, I do get impulses especially when I get nervous or whatnot. That's um, fine. Yeah, and they take me over right, like almost like right away. That's very natural. Yes, it is, but my mind doesn't want me to think that. Yeah, that's how it works, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Your mind's like an organ, it needs to eat. What it's thoughts. So you will keep digging you to make it generate more thoughts for you to eat. Where are our thoughts coming from? Are they something that is generated by the algorithm of our mind? Or are they something that's outside of our bodies that is simply a mind detects? I don't know where thoughts come from, so I cannot say, because I'm not able to observe that detail. But I have observed that sometimes certain thoughts are not mine. That does happen. But outside, this type of thing happened though. Like for example, there's a group of spiritual beings, they pretty much govern this world. There's a group of them. So once in a while, when they think human beings are ready for certain technology, they will, they will send out thought waves. And certain minds, or certain body, human body, they're more advanced where they just happen to be able to accept those thought waves. They get ideas that you have scientific breakthroughs. If you look at the human history in terms of calculus, there's two people. Besides Newton, there's another person. In the same time, they develop calculus. They thought waves were sent to them, and they developed that, even though they had no contact with each other. In those cases, the thoughts come from the outside. The thoughts did not originate within their body, but I do not know where the thoughts come from. There's another case could be, uh, what this happened with my mom, it's a long story. Basically, there was this, this ghost in a person's body because my mom says something to that person, wanting her to chant the Buddha's name, the ghost inside her was unhappy. So what the ghost did was, the ghost has some power. It sends some thought waves to my mom. So my mom woke up in the morning. She's like 75 years old. She woke up in the morning, all of a sudden she wanted to ride the motorcycle. She didn't ride a motorcycle for like 
40 years. She just had this desire. It was instilled in her from the outside. So she wrote, and of course, that she, for some reason, she did the thing on the handlebar and she fell. She almost broke her back. But that she's fine now. But just the example that that thing can come from outside as well, these two cases. Yeah. But I don't know where thoughts come from within us. I do not know. So I cannot say. I have some guesses, but. Mm -hmm. How do we. How do we defend ourselves from psychic or attacks from these lower level beings? Increase your energy field. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's all about life energy. Life energy is a thing that's very important. Sometimes you have certain understanding that you just don't understand no matter how many times you read the thing. <laughs> That's usually because your the level of your awareness is limited by your life energy level. Wow. Yeah. Your understanding comes from your awareness. So if your energy level is stuck at a certain level, you can, it's very difficult for you to understand the things from the next level until you raise your energy level and you raise your awareness and you can jump, then you will suddenly understand a lot of things. But there are exceptions to that. For example, like the, the experience that you have with your inner guy, or that the voice telling you to be present one step at a time. Yeah. When that happens afterwards, it changes you inside, then you understand certain things more. That kind of thing does happen. But most of it, it's, it's about your energy. Or if you don't want to talk about energy, you can say the more present you are, the better it is. For example, a lot of times online or in real life, you sense negativity, right? Yeah. From people. If you're really present up to a certain point, their negativity actually passes through you. It doesn't affect you. When you're present or mindful, that's the best negativity shield. You can eat negativity all day long, no problem. That's another way, but I would suggest just cultivate your life energy. If you actually, you're stuck in negative emotions, you're really angry, you regret, you're shaming, you're thinking about the past, you worry about the future, you're afraid what's gonna to happen tomorrow, so on and so on. That chews up a lot of your life energy. Negative emotion chews up a lot of your negative life energy. So if you're actually aware of that, you actually pull yourself out. You save yourself a lot of life energy. That's cultivating. And when you're present or you just be, that's even better. You save more. If you're conscious of who you're talking to in terms of the energy connections, because if you're always talking to a certain person, afterwards you feel like shit and you feel depleted. Then next time you say, oh, I'm going to decrease my time to interact with that person. Then you just save your future so, so much energy loss. If you're conscious of all these things, oh, that person is always drama. So I'm going to minimize my interaction. Oh, that person is good. I actually get some surplus. Or he, 
actually triggers my inner die, where she triggers my inner die, makes me more present. I always learn something when I talk to the person that you increase your interaction time. You get energy from that. Things like that. So if you're just keep cultivating your life energy, eventually you keep moving up. And then your understanding will grow. And the more stronger your life energy is, it starts spinning faster and faster and your body becomes a shield. You have an energy shield. When you have an energy shield going in your body, people with bad intentions toward you, they'll be repelled from it. They don't want to get close to you. And people with good attention, intentions for you, they want to get close to you. That's one of the effects of your energy shield. If you have the energy shield when you're sleeping, you won't get that sleep paralysis. The ghost, those paralysis by the ghosts, they're not gonna come to you. They don't like your energy shield uh -huh. in general, but this doesn't stop people with remote viewing ability to break through and see you. This does not. I've experienced with that. They can still see me even though it's energy shield. So it does it doesn't stop them from doing that. Yeah. Not sure why they want to see you, you know, but <laughs> yeah. Just uh cultivate your energy and reduce unnecessary waste as much as possible. People who are attached to you, who cling to you, who's drama who's always blaming you, who's using you as an emotional carpet or a punch bag, so on and so on. They're using you in their BS, in their bad cycles. Minimize your interaction time and be present. You save all energy that way, yeah. Just do this for a few months, your energy level will actually start rising and things will be very different, night and day. Mm -hmm. I realized a couple of things. Number one, uh, I can totally see how my energy, it can definitely, wow, I just suddenly, I feel like there's this vast deepness that I haven't even touched yet, that I've, only, I've touched sometimes, but um, I think I've, I've underestimated the depth of the presence and it seems like that has kept me stuck also just you're only 19 man come on yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm 52 you're 19. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any um like spiritual awakening moments of like coming onto the presence like anything that really like for me I, I was reading like uh, Eckhart Tolle's book, and I was like, "What is this? Like, this is, this is like some BS. I don't want to touch it. I don't want anything to do with it." So I put it down, and it wasn't until that night when I had that experience mm -hmm. that it all just happened. Yeah, it was like a shortcut. It was like a huge shortcut and because i was able to experience that vast vast bliss and that depth that i feel in this day motivated 
And, you know, just because I have that knowing now and that experience, that I'm able to you know, cultivate my presence practice. Mm -hmm. Did you have anything similar to that? I have a lot of those experiences. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one though. Yeah, when I was uh, with my teacher, I don't like to read books at all. I, I just, I fucking hate books, you know? I don't like to read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. And my teacher just told me, because he, he sells vegetables. <laughs> so there's this trucks that come with like boxes and boxes of cabbage. He just took out a cabbage and took a huge knife. He said, this is what you do. You, you, you just peel the leaves off to a certain point and you cut it off and you cut the, the base of the thing out and you put it aside. That's it. That's all he told me. So I did that. Eight hours a day. I did it for like three weeks. What? That's, all, that's <laughs> what I did. <laughs> and then my life starts to change. It starts to change in a really weird way in my world. I didn't know what's going on. And I asked him, I told him, say, hey, I, I, I call his name. I said, time, time seems to be moving faster. And he doesn't, he doesn't, he just ignores me. <laughs> then I told him again, a few days later, then he ignores me. And the third time I told him, he just said, yeah, you're thinking less now. And then the week later, my world totally changed. You know how we think of time as like a river? Yes. You know, the past, present, and future, that's how we view it, right? Yes. In that state, time wasn't a river. Time was a pearl, a string of pearls. All I saw was now, and the moment come is each pearl. And inside that pearl, inside that moment, in the now, forever now, you became fearless death and life you are not afraid of death and you're not afraid of this anxiety things they were meaningless because you just see everything come and go and there's there's this really deep joy from within your heart they just naturally pour out so your perspective of time actually changes because you're always in the now and that can really fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, that lasted about four, four weeks like that. Yeah. Just by chopping vegetables and thinking less and less. And naturally I went to that and I realized that's one of the stages of being present. And that's our natural abilities. Just that we think so much nowadays, we have lost that. Everyone has this. We can tap into it. Just the amount of joy when you're in that state. That's indescribable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's one of the experiences I had. What happened after the four weeks? Did you return to a more uh, surface level of thinking? Yeah, I came back to Los Angeles. I started just returning back to the way I was before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How are you now? Don't mind me asking. Uh, no, I don't mind at all. 
sometimes I, I lose my sense of self. I go in and out of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's strange. And sometimes when I talk with people, there's this expansion or the moment stops. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's weird. Do you feel, what does it feel like? What does your life feel like? What does a day feel like? Just like right now, I'm talking to you at this moment. It's always now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You say you want to set up the thing that that's gone. You know, oh, to hang out. How come I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to you that those moments are gone. When you're talking about your, your heartbreak, those are all gone. Just us right now. Thank you for helping me cultivate all this presence. Yeah, you're welcome. You have a very good heart and you're doing really, really well. And you're going to be even better very soon. Yeah, don't trust your mind when your mind trying to minimize what you have done, what you have experienced, what you have gone through. You will lie to you. That's his job. I feel so blissed out right now. Yeah, just stay with that. Stay with that inside in your heart. Just stay there. It'll be very boring for the listeners, but <laughs> like, what the fuck these two guys are doing? <laughs> They're not talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you stay with that. Mm -hmm. And everything else will take care of yourself. Just stay there. You don't have to worry about anything. This is this is like what I felt back in 2016 in this house. Same house. I just came back here. Well, because I got arrested. Mm -hmm. I came back here and um, it turned out to be just um, a wonderful catalyst spiritually and just in every aspect of my life. Um, I, I've been just able to really work on my energy and, and everything else. And, um, you know, initially the first few days, I was just so scared. Like I was just like, what in the world? Like, um, I just didn't understand why I think that was happening to me. Um, but right now, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, I think I know why that those thoughts came that I had to talk to you. I think I know why now. Mm -hmm. I was supposed we we're supposed to talk. So we can have this energy connection. 
the listeners are not a matter, just you and I having this connection to talk to each other and to experience that presentness that naturally happens when we talk. I think that's a purpose of those thoughts that came. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. such a nice design by the universe. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. I felt, um, and you know, even when I reached out to you, um, you know, like you're like probably the only person <laughs> I know. So maybe I'm a vampire <laughs> of some sort, but yeah, I was, I knew like you, you're like, one of the few people I can think of that I know that um, just uh, is on like a higher uh, level of consciousness right now, you know, just um, you know, like, oh, thank you. Out. I'm just a beginner, man. I'm learning every day. <laughs> I mean, I in my Buddhism sect, I'm, I just got my foot in the door. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how, how are the monks, like, you know, like those people who are really, really dedicating their lives to this, like, oh, what, what is, do you know, like, do you have any clue, like, what is going on in their world? Like, are they just so blissed out? They're, they belong to, at least my sect, they belong to a branch of spirituality that's hidden from the world. Yeah. It's called the real. They call themselves the real. Like, for example, in China, there's this mountain. I don't know which mountain. There are thousands of people there. They practice this real. I'll give you an I'll just I'll just say one thing. Uh, my teacher's older students, they can actually fly. Their body can fly. That's their attainment. That's in their reincarnation. I'm still here walking, trying to keep my <laughs> ego in check. And you're saying I'm high level events. Oh, no, I'm just a whoa. beginner. <laughs> whoa, wow. But that's wow. all I'll say. Yeah. Hey, don't get in trouble saying these things, man. Uh, that's a limit of what I'll say. If I say more, my teacher will know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving just all of us that insight of like, just a, if you're just, just a perspective you're... that's all it's a perspective yeah. <laughs> how far away i'm from the go just yeah. i'm so little tiny little thing got my my toe in the door you know oh, <laughs> i don't even want to hear that right now <laughs> you're only 19 you'll go further further than me for sure maybe you're only 19 man that's a fact yeah so what happens if you stop this reincarnation or what, what, whatever? To the next level, I don't know what it is. I'm not there. I cannot imagine what it is. But the, the lowest thing I, I need to achieve in my sec is actually fits Saguru's enlightenment experience where he starts seeing everyone as himself. He thought his, he was, his mind was going crazy. That's the lowest level of my sect, acceptable level. Mm -hmm. I have to achieve that at least. And that med meditation method will help me get there. If I get off my ass and do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lazy, man. <laughs>
are you enjoying your existence on the planet? Yeah, I like it a lot. Everything is very quiet. That's awesome, man. I just do watch. Live, do you live a quiet life? Very quiet, very predictable. Simple routine that just repeats over and over again. That's so beautiful. I like it. I like it. Yeah. But you don't learn much in that type of routines. You want chaos. You want negativity. You want obstacles. Because you can actually increase your spiritual power when you have obstacles, sufferings. Yeah. That helps you. Well, if you don't run away from it. <laughs> yeah, Ektar told, totally was like, he was saying how like, um, well, most people, first of all, are drawn to presence, usually by some mass suffering, just like I was. You know, I feel like, yeah, yeah um, like I'm being done wrong by, by these females in this world. <laughs> and like, um, He was he was saying, and in my personal experience, when when we have uh, all this negative energy or, or whatnot, and when we are present and we trans we transmute it into uh, light, all that suffering gets turned into light. It doesn't just disappear. It turns into like consciousness. Yeah, that kind of experience changes you, especially when you're you see a very negative person. Yeah. They're dumping all this shit on you, doing their bad cycle thing. Yeah. Sometimes, when everything is right and your energy level is there, or when you're very present, yeah, you can actually see the light behind their ego. Wow. And when you see that, that that fucking changes you. I'm not there it's yet. Hard, but you will. It, it's it's going to make you hard to hate them. Wow. And that creates a split in your recognition. You no longer hate the person. You hate the attributes, the bad attributes on the person. Because the bad attributes blocks their light. But then you realize you have certain bad attributes yourself. So you're the same as them. And you see everyone that way. Everyone's just this light awareness containers. But we have bad, bad habits, bad attributes, traumas, wounds, comfort zone, and all this thing we're working through. But you don't hate them for it. You dislike their bad attributes, but you don't hate the person. They're lost by these bad attributes. So that changes you. It changes the way you see people and the way you see things. Because one of the things you do is that whatever you see in other people, you want to naturally reflect back to yourself. That helps you. You don't want to waste that opportunity. If you see someone that's really toxic and that really bothers you, what's really bothering you? So you're pointing that focus back to yourself. It becomes a way for you to improve, to examine yourself, that focus. Also take away the focus from the ego of hating that person. 
Yeah, so you try to turn every interaction opportunities into ways to examine yourself and help yourself. That's one of the ways you can use their negativity to help you improve. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, my last question for you today, one that is uh, pretty personal to me, is uh, how do I use technology like how can i watch youtube videos or be on my phone and be on twitter and like be present or is that something i should like cut off right now be selective because whatever you see it actually goes into your subconscious yeah. that will actually has a side effect on you you pay a price for that so you want to be selective of what you watch and keep increasing your presence. When you're present and you realize that you only get into trouble when technology is in you, you're not in a technology, or technology is using you, you're not using technology. That's when you get into trouble. Oh my gosh. If you, the more present you are, the less the technology uses you. The more you use the technology. It's like this. We're on, are you on Twitter or is Twitter in you? Wow. That's the state of your consciousness. Wow. If you're every day you're walking or thinking about constructing the tweets, the tweet Twitter is in you. You're immersed in this mental bubble. It's sucking your life energy. You lost your presence. So you don't want to be there, you want to turn around where you're using Twitter, the Twitter doesn't use you. Once you have a certain amount of presence, you accumulate that, you can use any technology, no problem. They won't use you nor abuse you, they're just tools. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing your the information and also more than anything, thank you for sharing your um, consciousness with me. Basically, um, I I feel so wow. This is this is a feeling that I've kind of been missing. The mindfulness touch you. Yeah, it's it's just kind of like it touch you. Yeah, it's an energy connection. Uh -huh. You're very welcome, and thank you so much, Andy, to make this happen. Now this this karma the karma connection has been satisfied. These thoughts will go away for me. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Appreciate you, man. You're very welcome. Bye. All right, take care, Andy. I'll talk to you. Okay. Bye.